This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. to you from the dark recesses of the proverbial Dawn Forge pouch. This is episode 286 of The Shattered Soulstone. Immortal. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly/soulstonebooks2020. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPod, tablet, or phone. It is December 18, 2020, and this is Jen. Now, normally I would start off with my week in gaming, but I haven't really been playing Diablo lately because, first of all, I got sick because I have chronic illnesses, and that's all you need to know about that. And also, I've been working a lot, trying to work around being sick, which, if you've ever tried to do, you know how hard that is. I haven't had a lot of energy, and I've been sleeping a lot, so I did not play Diablo. I did play some little app games that have Christmas stuff in them, which is really weird for me because I am not really a Christmas person at all whatsoever, but I've been playing Pocket Camp with their Christmas stuff and a game called Seeker's Notes, which is a very creepy little story game where you find hidden objects in different locations. And they've got like the holiday one going on and I've never been able to beat it all the way, so I'm hoping to manage to do that this year. So that's what I've been up to. I do play a lot of app games, and that's why I am so excited to hear the news about Diablo Immortal, which I'll get into in just a little bit. But to start off, I'm going to talk about other Diablo-focused podcasts that produced an episode since the last time I recorded Shattered Soulstone. One of them is Westmarch Workshops episode 199.5. It is titled Porter 4 Diablo 4 Dev Blog. And that's what this is about. Now, I did say in the previous show that West March Workshop was going on a brief hiatus in order to prepare for their episode 200, but they did episode 199.5 anyway, and it was hosted by Nineball and Leviathan, as you would expect. They are talking about the Quarter 4 Diablo 4 dev blog and major points in it, and I'll link to this and everything else I talk about in the show notes so you can go check it out for yourself. But the main thing I want to talk about is Diablo Immortal, which I've been excited about this game since BlizzCon of 2018 when I actually got to play it at BlizzCon right there in person and it was so much fun that I was just laughing hysterically through most of it watching what little amount that we had at that time compared to what they're about to release or have released actually by now and more details about that coming up but I just remember playing a barbarian and just 
watching him run around on the screen and move in ways that you can't in Diablo 3, and it was so exciting, and I remember talking to Wyatt Chang later that night at one of the bars right around the uh, Anaheim Convention Center about how much I loved the game. And it was great. It was so much fun. Yeah, it's, it was a great, happy moment from that particular BlizzCon for me. So, I'm super excited that they just announced the technical alpha. Which is... there's a video. There's a video if you go to... there is a Diablo Immortal Twitter account at Diablo Immortal, and you could go there and see Wyatt Chang talk about all of the details briefly. It's about a six and a half minute video that has to do with Diablo Immortal, and you can register, you can pre-register now to DiabloImmortal.com to maybe get into the technical alpha, but here's the details that I gleaned from the video, in case you uh, aren't a video kind of person, or you just didn't want to sit through a six-minute video, or, I mean, people get busy around the holidays, it's okay, I totally understand. So this is some of the key points that were in it that I thought were especially exciting in regards to the technical alpha. So here's here's what you need to know. The Diablo Immortal team is ready to move to a limited public technical alpha. So that means specifically a small number of players, primarily in Australia. I don't know why Australia, but that's what they're doing. They'll briefly have access to test this game and help the Diablo team make sure it's good to check out the early leveling experience and the mid-game systems, things like that. And the Diablo Immortal team also wants to use the technical alpha as an opportunity to test server stability and client performance. They definitely want feedback from the technical alpha testers. And I think that's fantastic because it's like the opposite of what Cyberpunk 2077 did. If any of you have played it, I have not played it. I've seen a lot of people posting glitches on Cyberpunk 2077 and people being kind of upset with the quality of the game. And you can find a bunch of that on Twitter if you want to go check that out. It's some of it is some of it is absolutely hysterical glitches and some of it is things that people are clearly upset about and all kinds of manner of stuff. It seems to me that that gaming company didn't do a technical alpha or any alpha, they just sent it out there, but Diablo Immortal is doing much better than Cyberpunk 2077 because they're actually doing a technical alpha and they honestly want feedback and they're going to listen to that feedback because Blizzard does listen to feedback to some degree, probably more than several other gaming companies. I've been in a lot of their alphas and betas for, mm, let's see, uh, some of the Warcraft stuff, some of the... I was in the classic Warcraft classic uh, beta from memory, I think that's what it was, yeah. I got into the beta for the Crusader and the beta for the Necromancer, so I've done some of this stuff. And I did get into the alpha and then the beta of Diablo 3 before it was launched officially, so I know that some of what we reported was heard, and I believe they're going to do this with Diablo Immortal as well, based on my experience. So to get back to the video, some other key points that I thought were interesting. The storyline is a brand new storyline, and it's going to take place between the events of Diablo 2 and Diablo 3. So that little gap in there, there's going to be more lore for people like me that really dig the storyline to dig into and try to see how it fits and see how the story goes and I really want to take a look at that. The story is going to begin in Wortham 
testers in the technical alpha will get to see part of that storyline, and then there's also going to be mini-quests and side dungeons and bosses and all this other stuff in addition to the main storyline for players to dig into. There is a West March in Diablo Immortal, and it is the central hub city. You can run into other players there and meet up with one another if you want to do that. Itemization is a big thing in there, and some of it is like the, the revolutionary thing compared to Diablo 3 with this is you're going to find your legendary gear yourself to quote Wai Chang on part of the video that I just mentioned and will link to in the show blog. You have to find it yourself. It's all self-found. It's not something you can trade. It's not something you can sell to other players. That There's no function for that. I mean, we're not going to... Diablo Immortal's not going to have an auction house type thing like Diablo 3 did for a little while. You gotta find your legendary items yourself. So, you find the ones you want. And the ones that you don't want, there's something new coming into Diablo Immortal that is happening for the first time ever. It's going to feature an item leveling system, so you can salvage unwanted items into crafting materials. So what will happen is you go and find your legendary items yourself. If it's something you love, you can use it. If it's something that you really aren't so into, you don't really want those particular legendary items, you can salvage it and take the crafting materials and use those materials to work up the items that you do love. And every time an item gets a rank, its stats are gonna improve. At certain levels, your item can gain a random bonus property which will be exciting to see what those are going to be and what you end up with. They're going to have six classes in Diablo Immortal, but only four will be in the Technical Alpha. That's the Barbarian, my favorite class, the Monk, Demon Hunter, and the Wizard, and the level cap is going to be reduced to 45 for the Technical Alpha. So that's as far as they want players to level just in this Technical Alpha that's coming out. It probably already has been released. Uh, Possibly. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't checked to see exactly if that's out yet or not. But if it's not out yet, I'm sure it will be shortly after you hear this recording. But I bet it's probably already out. And so they don't want you to get higher than 45 in that technical alpha just so they can test, you know, the system and some early stuff and, you know, the kind of stuff you should be testing before you release a game publicly. There's going to be Elder Rifts, which are similar to the Greater Rifts from Diablo 3 but you don't need keys to get into them. That was kind of a big deal in Diablo 3. I can remember one of the earlier iterations of seasons where there was at least one season where your character had to go through and complete Nephilim Rifts to pick up these little keystones and then had to use the keystones for something else and then you end up in the Greater Rift through something. It, it was tedious and confusing, and they changed that later, so the rifts you're running through in Diablo 3 today are very different from that. But, you know, you test things out to see how it goes, and it's, it's important to do that. So, the Elder Rifts are not going to be like what I just described. Instead, you won't need any keys to enter. You can run the Elder Rifts to your heart's content if you want to farm XP and loot. And then there's a new item for these rifts, these Elder Rifts called Crests. 
So you can use a crest when you open an Elder Rift, and that Rift will gain random modifiers. Now sometimes they're going to make the Elder Rift more challenging, sometimes they'll make it easier, but there's, it's always going to be rewarding. So that's kind of interesting, because it takes away the whole thing of, oh, I want to run a Greater Rift. Oh, I'm out of Rift Keys. Okay, I guess I have to go do Nephilim Rift so I can get more Greater Rift Keys and then try again. That's not going to happen in Diablo Immortal. You just go and go and go. And if you want to use a crest, you can use a crest, but you don't have to. Another key point from the video that Wyatt Chang was talking about is the cost. What is Diablo Immortal going to cost? Now, I can remember reading on the internet somewhere, and I don't have this in front of me, but it seemed like there were a lot of people that believed that Diablo Immortal was going to be, since it's going to be on phones and I would assume tablets as well, I hope, because I want to play it on a tablet, <laughs> but um, that because it was that type of game and it's an app game, the concept people had in their heads, or some people did and verbalized on the internet at the very least, is that it was going to be full of these extra purchases that you would need to play the game like so many app games have. There's some of the app games that I'm playing, the Seeker's Notes one that I mentioned. It does limit you based on how much energy you accrue in the game. So you start out with a full amount of energy, you play through some of the different areas, you lose that energy. There's stuff in the game you can get from rewards to feed some of that back. but. There's also a lot of in-game ads asking you to buy more of those things and some other items in the game, and it tends to get annoying after a while. But people thought that because it's an app game and, you know, that it was going to include these kinds of annoying things that people don't like. But that's not so. It turns out that the main storyline in Diablo Immortal and all future content updates are always going to be free always going to be free. They're not you you can play this game for free for the the main quest storyline and the and whatever updates they have from there. Wyatt Chang specifically said we are not going to limit your game time using an energy system and new classes will be accessible to everybody without requiring an in-game purchase. And I think that's fantastic. I think that's gonna ease the minds of a lot of people who maybe tried Diablo Immortal at BlizzCon 2018. I didn't go to 2019, so I don't know if it was playable there or not. But if you've played it at a BlizzCon, and you were kind of like, this is fun, but I'm not too sure about, you know, if it's going to be all, you know, based on purchasing stuff. Well, now you know it's not going to be. You can play this game for free. New content comes in, you get that for free. New classes become accessible, you get that for free as well without requiring an in-game purchase. Now that said, there are optional in-game purchases available, and Wyatt Chang very much emphasized that these were optional. They are not things you have to buy in order to play the game or do well in the game. For example, they're going to have a battle pass, which would be something you'd pay for. This isn't new either. Fortnite has a battle pass, don't they? And I think, is it uh, Destiny 2, I think, might have some sort of battle pass system? That's not new. Other games do that anyway. But you don't have to buy them if you don't want to. You can continue with the free content as long as you like. 
You don't have to, like, you're not going to get a specific advantage in the game because you paid money to get a battle pass, it seems, from what I'm getting from the video that Wyatt Chang was talking about, and I think that's fantastic. And to continue, one of the last things Wyatt Chang said on that video, if it wasn't the last thing, I don't remember exactly. I watched the video, but I don't have it all memorized. He said, players should always feel that spending money in Diablo Immortal is entirely optional and not required to enjoy the game. And I think that's very reassuring because there were a lot of concerns way back when the game was, I mean, way back a couple of years ago when the game was first playable at BlizzCon in 2018. People had concerns that it was going to be full of these in-game purchases, and it's not so. It's not going to be really, from my perspective, it's not going to be very different from like Hearthstone. You can play Hearthstone for free. You can buy stuff in Hearthstone, like card packs and things like that, and the uh, sort of more solo play, questy stuff type games that are expansions or part of expansions and stuff like that. You can purchase those in Hearthstone, but you don't have to do that in order to play Hearthstone. It's kind of the same thing with Diablo Immortal. You don't have to buy stuff just to keep playing. And I, th I, think, it's, I think it'll work out really well because of that. It certainly made me feel a lot more comfortable about the game, even though I was always super excited about this particular game. There is a post on the uh, Diablo Immortal portion of the Blizzard website that is titled Our Free-to-Play Approach and Values, which was posted the same day as the video, which as I'm recording this on the 18th, so that uh, this blog post was posted the day before on December 17. And there's some stuff in here that you might want to know about. I'm not going to read you the entire blog post, but I'll pull a couple of things out of it. And it says, what you can buy, a few examples. A good example of these values at work. Now the values at work I should probably talk about. Um, they, it starts with our approach and values. We know, that one of, we know one of the outstanding questions about the game is, what is the business model for Diablo Immortal? Getting this right for players is important to our team. And today we want to share how we're coming at this for Immortal, what it is, the values behind it, and how it works in practice. So they're talking about different game systems after that. And it does say, Diablo Immortal will be free to play with optional in-app purchases. They plan on supporting Diablo Immortal with a constant cadence of free content, including any, including new gear, features, classes, stories, and areas to explore. We also want to make sure every purchase feels fair and is guided by a clear set of values that place an emphasis on the player experience for all players. First and foremost of these values is gameplay is first. And they're talking about game mechanics and things like that. Then it says, second, we want to provide purchase options that feel worthwhile and deepen your engagement and, enjoy and enjoyment of the game, and where possible, the enjoyment of other players as well. Purchases should not detract from your gameplay experience. Third, purchases should feel like a bonus and are entirely optional to enjoy Immortal. The core Diablo Immortal game experience will always be free, and you should be able to enjoy the game for hours on end, whether or not you choose to spend money. Now, some of that makes me also think of World of Warcraft. There's a lot of mounts and a lot of pets. Some of them are purchasable in the game. You don't have to buy these pets if you don't want to. Your gameplay, as far as questing and playing with other players and, you know, gear and all that other stuff, is gonna be the same. 
it's not going to change anything. But if you happen to like a little cute pet a lot and think that it's cute and adorable and you just can't live without it, of course you can make, you know, you can give Blizzard World of Warcraft team some money and purchase whatever the cutesy little pet is at that, you know, that, that caught your eye at that time. Some of those, the money goes to charities. They've done that a number of times. This is kind of the same concept I think they're pulling into Diablo Immortal, where you can purchase stuff with, like, real-world money, but you don't have to do that if you're unable to. I mean, let's be real, we're still in a pandemic. There's a lot of people that are unemployed. Those people can play Diablo Immortal for free just like everybody else, and they won't have a disadvantage against players who can buy some of the uh, items that you can purchase in Diablo Immortal. Okay, so there's a couple of things in here. There's a couple of currencies in Diablo Immortal that weren't specifically talked about in the video, so I'm going to go over that real quick. There's three primary currencies in Diablo Immortal, earnable through gameplay and paid. And so there's gold. It drops from enemies, chests, and other lootables in the world of Sanctuary. It cannot be purchased or traded and must be earned through gameplay. This is fascinating to me because I think that sentence there indicates that they are going to cut off all those like gold farmers that then want to sell you gold. You've seen it in World of Warcraft. I haven't seen it in Diablo 3 because most of the time when I am playing, I am recording my gameplay, so I'm turning off the chat because I don't know what people are going to say, and I don't want that in my videos. But I think that's what that's hinting at, is you can't sell gold in Diablo Immortal to anyone. You just can't do it. There's no function for that in the game. That's fascinating. I mean, that's going to cut off the gold farmers from just running in and, you know, getting a bunch of gold and then annoying players by trying to get them to purchase said gold. You just can't do it. But you can play the game and get gold yourself from enemies, chests, and other lootables. I think that's cool that it's gonna cut off the gold farmers and like the, the bots doing things like that. To continue, gold can be used for things like upgrading your items and purchasing randomized gear from NPC vendors, just like you do in Diablo 3. Platinum can be earned through daily gameplay activities or purchased with real money. Players can also obtain Platinum by selling items via the market. Platinum is used for activities such as exchanging goods on the market or crafting charms. The third currency is called Eternal Orbs. They are acquired with real money only and can be used for purchasing Platinum, as well as other items such as the Battle Pass, Specialized, Reforged Stones, Crests, and Cosmetics. So if you want to play Diablo Immortal and you want to get a lot of gold, just play you'll get a lot of gold. You're not going to be able to buy that from someone. You're not going to be able to sell your gold to someone. You can use the gold to buy things in-game from like vendors and stuff like that. Upgrading your items, you can do that with gold. Platinum is... you can sell items via the market. So let's back up a minute. What is the market? It's not the auction house like we had for briefly in Diablo 3. It's something different. To be clear, in this blog post I'm skimming around and reading to you from, this is not, the market is not the Diablo 3 real money auction house. They want to make that abundantly clear that they're not doing that same thing in Diablo Immortal. I'll continue. Player exchange has been part of, a Di part of Diablo's history 
and we've learned many lessons, both good and bad, along the way. In Diablo Immortal, we want players to have the ability to participate in a fair, healthy, player-driven economy that doesn't circumvent gameplay. The market connects anonymous buyers and sellers with no ability to cash out. There are limits to what can and cannot be put on the market. While it will be a possible source of certain materials, supplementary items, and legendary gems, it is not a place to acquire gear. It is also a way for all players, including those who choose to make to, who choose to never make an in-game purchase, to exchange items they find for additional in-game currency beyond what they're able to earn through play. That's what the market is. So the platinum is something that you use in the market. The way to get the platinum is just doing daily gameplay activities in Diablo Immortal, or you can purchase it with real money if you want to. I'm really curious about how people who in World of Warcraft or World of Warcraft Classic, or who did do a lot of stuff with the Diablo 3 auction house, I'm wondering what they think about the limitations of this. It's kind of interesting. It's not like direct gold, and it's not, you know, it's it seems like they put a lot of thought into this to try to prevent shenanigans from happening. To continue, the third currency is the Eternal Orbs, and that you have to buy with real money only. It can be used for purchasing platinum. So here's how this goes, right? You play Diablo Immortal, you get a bunch of gold, you use that to upgrade your items and buy some stuff from vendors and that sort of thing. Platinum, you can also play by get by playing Diablo Immortal and earning it that way. Or if you would prefer, you can spend some real world money to get the platinum. The platinum can only be used on the market. So you use it to uh, exchange goods on the market or craft charms. That's, that's what platinum's for. Gold is not for that. That's the only thing that platinum does. The external orbs are real money only, and they can only be used for purchasing platinum. So you could purchase a number of eternal orbs that come out to whatever amount of platinum you're trying to get very quickly. You could buy it with real world money, and then you'll have the platinum, and you can use that on the market if I'm understanding this correctly, but you can also use the Eternal Orbs for the Battle Pass or specialized reforged stones, crests, cosmetics, things like that. The crests are the things I mentioned before that were going to go in connection with the Elder Rifts. So you could use a crest and it could it's going to change the rift before you get in, so it might be more difficult, might be easier, but it's always going to be rewarding is how it was described in the video. So if you want to always have extra special chances at getting whatever more rewarding turns out to be, then maybe you want to buy some eternal orbs and buy some crests with that, or something along those lines, I suppose. To continue, the technical alpha will not have any real money transactions, though they may provide some in-game currency to test out these systems. That to me makes sense. How would the Diablo Immortal team know how easy it is to buy something from a vendor in-game, or to, to put something into the market and purchase something out of the market unless they give the technical alpha players some amount of in-game currency to test that out with. These are the kinds of things that you really want to make sure work so that nobody's kind of like gaming the system when this launches and screwing it up for everybody. So I think that's... I think this has had a lot of planning as far as this goes, and I am no longer concerned that anything about the market 
will resemble even slightly what happened with the Diablo 3 auction house when that was around. So I think that's pretty darn interesting to me. And then there's a the thing about itemization, and it's pretty long, so I'm hitting about 30 minutes here. I'm not going to go into everything. But I think I did a pretty good overview about what you can find and do and how Diablo Immortal's going to work. I'm still super excited about it. I'm hoping some of you that were kind of on the fence might be more excited about giving it a try once it is launched for everybody. Uh, if you get into the technical alpha, good for you. <laughs> I don't know that I can. I, it sounded to me, my interpretation was that it's going to be mostly people in Australia. That's fine. Um, maybe they'll open up more later. That's kind of how these sort of things work. The gear in Diablo Immortal has three types of stats. Base stats, attributes, and magic attributes. And powerful items can have sockets, legendary attributes, and more. There's a whole lot of stuff, and I'll link to this in the show notes, because it is too much stuff for me to just dig into on my own here within the boundaries of this podcast. I don't want to do an hour-long show right now. So it looks like, you know, you could look at it. There's some pictures here, and it shows you, like, the gear slots. They seem pretty similar to what you're seeing in Diablo 3 as far as, like, you have a helm and you have shoulders and you have pants and you have gloves and you have boots and all this stuff. I think you have boots. Probably. I'm not sure. Yeah, you do. You have boots and then you have some other items and things, so that looks about the same. The box next to it shows that someone has put their items in, like, a stash-type thing. And from glancing at it, it says... In Diablo Immortal, characters will have access to 12 gear slots. Primary gear slots will will feature legendary gear with skill-changing effects, while secondary gear slots will help augment and customize your build with additional stats and magic attributes. So that's quite a limited stash compared to what you have in Diablo 3. But maybe you don't need all of these things. As I was talking about earlier, if you have legendaries that you don't want, you can get rid of them through how I described earlier, and you can just sort of buff up the ones that you liked, so maybe you really don't need as much stash as we have in Diablo 3, where we need it. We're always needing more stash in Diablo 3, aren't we? And there is a color system, so with uh, items, normal is white, magic is blue, rare is yellow, uh, legendary is orange. Green items will not be in Diablo Immortal because they want to leave room for players to mix and match their legendary powers in the way they want. So that means there's not going to be sets like we have every season in Diablo 3. And I like a lot of the sets that are in Diablo 3. I've had a lot of fun with different sets. I've done some of the set dungeons with them and eventually completed some of those. That's not going to be part of Diablo Immortal because they're doing a different system with things in the game, like the items and the items and stuff. So you won't be spending your time in Diablo Immortal chasing down set pieces. I kind of like that. I kind of want to see how that's going to feel. And then there's item ranks where you can rank up items. I think I talked a little tiny bit about that. And there's more details if you really want to dig into it. There'll be links to everything I talked about and more in the show notes for this episode. And I think I'm going to have to stop here so that this does not become an editing nightmare for me. And maybe the show will get up pretty quick. So on that note, I'm going to go ahead and close the show.
You have been listening to episode 286 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. With your support, you can help the show grow. Become a patron today. Patreon.com slash soulstone. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You could also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as on the Shattered Soulstone website. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your contributions, thoughts, questions, and feedback to show at shatteredsoulstone.com. We love Twitter. Come and join and tweet with us. You can find the show Twitter at Shattered Stone, and my Twitter is at Ankomav. We would like to extend a huge thank you to Medros of Dawnforge Productions for hosting our Loot Deviant show. You can find more shows from the Dawnforge at www.thedawnforge.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, from all of us here at the Shattered Soulstone, over 285 episodes for your listening pleasure. Dawnforge! Woo! This podcast is part of the Dawnforge Network. Copyright 2020.